We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, fellas. The bowl season is here for college football. The NFL playoffs are heating up as uh, we got several games left in the um, regular season. And we obviously got NBA and NHL games. So all that money you've been losing, doing all that Christmas shopping, why not make it back by going to mybookie.ag? They got mobile sites, easy to use. So I'm sure if you're busy, you know, during the holidays, you can make your bets on the go. And you just don't have to bet on college games or NFL games or scores. You can bet on how many points are scored or how many points so-and-so has scored. There's a whole bunch of ways to make money. So for all that money that you've been losing with the holiday shopping, why not make some of it back? So go to mybook.ag, enter the promo code chair, and don't match your first deposit. You put 100 in, you get 100 back. Again, that's mybookie.ag. You bet, you win, you get paid. All right, guys, welcome in. It's Vlad Harris here with the Pit Panther Rains and our Sports Rants podcast brought to you by Armchair Media. Take a seat. Happy Thursday to you guys. Me in particular, I'm trying to wrap up my Christmas shopping today and and gift wrapping. So I got a good, let's see, after this, I would say from like 9 o'clock on, I should have, well, you know, plenty of time to do it. I just don't have the energy for it right now. But, you know, that happens. But there's obviously a lot to get to today. Uh, I mean, with pit-wise, I mean, there's the Eastern Michigan game. I mean, I'm doing. I'm probably going to do one more podcast before the year's up after this. I doubt I'm going to – I doubt it will be anything with East, about the bowl game. It will be after the bowl game. Still got tons of it, so we'll we'll knock this out and we'll talk about it. First off, we got the Pitt Duquesne City game. Not so much conspiracy now. Um, For a while, it was at least I thought it was. You know, people were calling it conspiracy because after Pitt's win over Northern Illinois, the the question was brought up about the city game. Craig Meyer. of the PG brought it up that was asking why you know people wasn't playing the game and this year you know for this year and Capel you know kind of didn't want no part of the question and obviously that stirred up some of us because they're playing next year for some for whatever reason they couldn't play this year 
And uh, as I'm reading now, it was Jeff Capel's decision not to play the game this year. And for some people, it's a bullshit question, but for others, it's a fair. They see, it seems like it's a fair question. I mean, yeah, I mean, if Pitt ha- is playing a bunch of cupcakes, why couldn't they sk- take one of those games and schedule Duquesne? It's a city game. It's been played almost every year for as long as I've been alive. So, what made this year so different? I don't think Jeff Capel had a crystal ball to predict that Duquesne would be 9-0 at this point of the year. So, I don't think he said, well, they'll be 9-0, so let's not schedule them this year. Or in past tense, you know, it was the year before. Maybe he said, let's not schedule them next year because they'll be really good next year. I seriously doubt that happened. But at the end of the day, I don't know why the game. They had their reasons for not scheduling it. They opted to schedule Robert Morris to help open up their new arena. That was supposedly the big, you know, the reason there is they're already scheduled with another uh, opponent in their region. So why would they do another one? I don't know. I mean, I think Jamie Dixon discontinued the uh, Robert Morris. Series and we didn't. I don't think we got this much of um, you know this much of uh, backlash. I guess you can say is what it is. But um, obviously the fires were. Um, you know there was more fuel added to the fire today because he went on the fan on his daily show and of course he was asked about it. And Cable said he's not afraid to play anybody. Or at least Pitt isn't afraid to play anybody, but there's no guarantee that this series is going to resume long term like it has. He has to make the best decisions for his program. I don't know. I mean, does it mean that we're going to replace Duquesne with? I don't know. Um, like like for instance, are we going to re- replace Duquesne with Xavier? I mean, is, is this what we're going to do? Are we going to replace? Are we going to replace Duquesne with UConn? Uh, Buffalo, I mean, I'm curious why we wouldn't play this game. We've been playing it for so long that it shouldn't be that big of a deal. I, I know for Pitt fans, we've we've dominated this series for so long. And for us, you know, losing the game isn't that big of a deal. It's a big deal for Duquesne uh, more than anything else. But for me, I think it should be played. I mean, it's a, it's a city game. I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of you guys, you work with Duquesne grads. So it's always, this, it could be a discussion point. Something you brag about in the office. Or if you're at the bar and if you go to the south side playing Duquesne, kids go there. I'm sure they still do. It's always a fun point of discussion. But I'm not sure why they they didn't play it this year. And, you know, Cable said there's no guarantee it'll be long-term, but that doesn't mean that the the game will, or the series will end. I'm sure it will, I'm sure it will resume itself long-term. I mean, I know they're, they're doing a home-and-home after this year. They're doing a home-and-home after this year, and, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but yeah, I mean, the whole discussion 
itself is pointless because there's no game to share. It's, it's over and it's done with. But now it's the whole long-term thing of what happens. Does, does the series go long-term? And I'm sure it will, and I'm sure Jeff is just saying those things just to say them. You know, he can't, you know, obviously he has, he has a boss, Heather Like, and he can't just say, oh, yeah, we're going to play Duquesne every year. He's going to have, you know, if he says that, then, you know, obviously his boss says, well, you just guaranteed a series with Duquesne, so what the hell are you, um, you know, what the hell do you think you are? You know, I guess in a lot of ways it's, it's all political, and I'm sure you know Heather's got some control over this. And you know, Jeff is just trying to say the right thing, saying, "Hey, you know, we're not afraid to play anybody." But then the day the schedule's out of my hands, I may have input, but I have a boss, and they'll make the you know they'll discuss what's the best decision forward. You know, is it going to benefit Pitt, or is it going to just benefit Duquesne more than Pitt? But if we're going to go that route, then we probably should not bitch about the Penn State series as much. You know, why Penn State doesn't schedule us? Because obviously it benefits us more than Penn State. But really, I mean, did it really? Be- I mean, did this four-game series really benefit us at all playing them? No, I mean, we won one game, and it really wasn't that much of a benefit for us because, well. We really didn't blow them out for one thing. And on top of that, they won the Big Ten title that year. So whatever momentum we had, it, it, it died by the end of the year because they won the Big Ten championship. And, of course, we didn't go, you know, we finished 8-5. and five And so whatever momentum we had died. And it ultimately died in the next three games because the next three, well, we lost them. And on top of that, we got embarrassed in Heinz Field. So, I mean, the game, the series of Penn State didn't really did nothing for us at all. I mean, do I feel the game should be played every year? Sure. I mean, just like the City game, it should still be played because it's fun for all parties. Now, Pitt, as you know, they got the they got um, Eastern Michigan, the Quick Lanes Bowl, day after Christmas. I guess I'll talk about this you know, and get it out of the way. Make sure you get your T-shirt for the Pitt Eastern Michigan game. I got my bull shirt. I mean, the shirt itself looks great. I mean, it came in this package that, um, you know, has Pitt script on it. Beautiful package. But the shirt itself looks like it's something out of 1995. It's almost as if Pitt had these printed out like a long time ago and they just made a bunch of, or at least had the graphic for it a, a long time ago and just decided just to, you know, make some adjustments. Yeah, the shirt and the whole graphic looks like something out of the mid-90s. But it's a beautiful shirt. I mean, I like it a lot. And I'm all set for the bowl game. Now, as far as Eastern Michigan goes, earlier this year they stunned Illinois who's a Big Ten team, and they're going to a bowl game this year. Now, look at the tell of the tape of this game. Uh, let's see, Eastern Michigan and Pitt on offense. Pitt's averaging 20 points a game. Eastern Michigan, 29. But Eastern Michigan is allowing 30 points a game, and Pitt's allowing 21. Total yards a game. Eastern Michigan, 402 yards. Pitt, 374. 
Obviously, the passing yards are more than the rushing yards. I mean, they both average around 120 yards rushing a game. Yards allowed is a different story. Pitts allowing 300 yards per game. Eastern Michigan's allowing 420.3 a game. They're allowing 225 yards passing and 202 on the ground. Now, as far as Eastern Michigan's schedule, they beat Illinois earlier this year, who went, who's playing a bowl game this year. Uh, they beat they beat Illinois at Illinois 34-31. But as far as the rest of the schedule goes, I mean they beat Coastal Carolina. They, they lost to Kentucky 38-17. Oh, they beat Akron 42-14. There you go. And Northern Illinois 45-17. But other than that, there's really not much else, you know, to go on for um you know for the MAC conference. I mean, their lean passer, Glass, his name is Glass. He's got almost 29 yards passing, 22 tees, 10 picks. Pretty respectable there. I mean, the running game is about the same as ours. And the thing is, is uh, this game is a bigger game for Eastern Michigan than it's for Pitt because Eastern Michigan's only won one bowl game. And plus, they're playing a Power 5 school, so there's a lot more on the line for Eastern Michigan than, than for Pitt. Uh, Pitt hasn't... Um, Pitt's basically won in six in their last seven bowl games. Their last one was the Little Caesars Bowl in Detroit over Bowling Green. But So Pitt obviously needs a win, needs a bowl win under Penner Doozy, and I'm not sure if they'll get it. But there's some other things here, guys. Some pretty interesting stuff. Uh... College Football News and on their little Eastern Michigan pit football preview. There's um there's a lot of uh, what ifs here. Well actually one big what if. And what they say here is this. Had an SCC team made it to the Cotton Bowl instead of Penn State, the Big Ten Bowl pecking order would have been different. And Michigan State or Illinois would have been playing Pitt instead of Eastern Michigan. Pretty interesting stuff there. I mean, Pitt could be playing a much more tougher opponent, but, well, we got the Mac. Now, as far as the game goes, Eastern Michigan, for them to win this game, they're going to have to take care of the ball and hope Pitt turns the ball over more than they they, they will because we obviously have a problem with that. We have a problem with personal fouls as well and penalties. So if anything, if Eastern Michigan wants to win this game, they're going to have to play very disciplined, not turn the ball over, and try to move the ball. I mean, their strength is their passing game, but Pitt has a good pass rush and a good secondary. So it's going to be hard for them to move the ball in the air. So they're going to have to try to mix the run-up if they can, but it doesn't look like it. Uh, Pitt, for them, for them to win, it's going to be their defense. And we're going to need some sort of production out of the passing game. I mean, Eastern Michigan does have a, a bad running game. I mean, a bad run defense. So that works in our favor because, I mean, if we can get something out of the running game, we can win this game easily. But I see this game being a low-scoring game, and I see Pitt winning this game. I'm going to predict 20-17. I think what happens here is Pitt goes up 17-0 in the first half. Eastern Michigan... Scores before the end of the uh, first half. Pickett's a field goal and just holds on for the win. 
So that's what I'm going with. That's I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I mean, this whole thing, it's Eastern freaking Michigan. It's a, it's a straightforward game. They're playing a MAC team. You're either going to win or you're going to lose in, in this point. Does the bowl game help Pat Narduzzi at any point? Probably not, but, it, I mean, he has a bowl into his resume. I mean, Pitt hasn't won one since Paul Christ. Now, Pitt, as you know, wrapped up their recruiting. And let's talk about something else, you guys. Speaking of recruiting, sometimes love can be a game of commitment. And you always got to be ready. But sometimes you're not. And what you don't want is your special someone to get, well, they decommit and get offers from possibly bigger and better situations. But you got a nice-ass booster in your corner. You got BlueChew.com. It's blue, just like the pill. Take them any day, any time of the day, day or night. Empty stomach or full. They work like Viagra or Cialis, but the best parts are chewable. So they're going to work a lot faster. So go to BlueChew.com, enter the promo code ARMCHAIR. And get your first order free. All I got to do is pay the five bucks in shipping. And guys, keep your hair, top haired recruit in your corner. Go to bluechew.com right now and keep them committed. I just had to throw up one live ad read in for that. Well, as far as pitch 2020 class goes, I mean. It's actually a pretty decent class. I mean, I know people are gonna are going to um, focus on the guys that we lost out on, but you know, when you're going, the thing is, we lost. You know, two recruits we lost to um, schools who just hired new coaches, so they got a, you know those programs got a shot in the arm, and it happens. I mean, Ole Miss. I mean, they got Lane Kiffin. And he doesn't have a staff fully hired yet, but still, it's Lane Kiffin. He's worked under Saban. He's coached at Tennessee and USC. He knows how the recruiting game works, so we probably weren't going to win that recruiting battle. Now, Tate Rodemaker, we lost out on him, and I believe we lost out on a wide receiver as well. You know, they got Norvell. He's a shot in the arm as well. I mean, it happens. I mean, that's just how it goes, and... We got what we have, and that's what we got to deal with. But uh, if you, I mean, if you look by state, uh, Panther twenty four seven has got this broken down pretty good. They got five kids from Florida, two from Maryland, two from Georgia, two from New York, two from Ohio, one from California, one from Jersey, one from Pennsylvania, one from South Carolina. So if you're going by the South, but below the Mason Dixon line. We're looking at nine, ten kids from the south. On top of that, I mean, those are ACC territories. And, of course, you know, northeast, we got at least, uh, let's see, six. You know, because two, you know, actually, yep, one from Pennsylvania, one from Jersey, two from New York, two from Ohio. So we still got some presence in the northeast. The kid from California is obviously a JUCO. He's a tight end. And of course, you know, by position, we got running back. We got one running back, which is the Israel Abaconda. 
He's from Brooklyn, New York. He's supposedly really good. We got four wide receivers, two offensive linemen, four D line, three linebacker, and three defensive back. So obviously, ten of the players are for on defense, and of course, the other ones are um, offense. Now, as far as receivers go, I should factor in that two of these guys are tight ends. Actually, one's going to be a grad transfer. His name is his name is Lucas Crawl, and then of course we got Daniel Moraga, another tight end. He's supposedly um, you know he's a JUCO and he's pretty decent ring for a tight end because obviously tight ends a um, it's a big um, necessity to say the least. And of course you know we have Jalen Barton. He's supposedly the you know one of the big um, Big guys in the class. Also, Jordan Addison. He's supposedly one that's uh, he's a hard commit, and we're supposed to get a um, his letter signed pretty soon, hopefully, if it hasn't come already. That's a big one there. Now, as far as local kids go, we got Dayon Hayes from Westinghouse. He's a defensive end, four-star player. He's one of the big prizes of the class. So, it's always good to get the local kids. Especially a C-League kid as well, because you hate to see those guys leave for other schools. Javante Royal, safety from uh, Florida. That's one big one. Also, Bengali Kamara from uh, Akron, outside linebacker. People really love him. You know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, a lot of buzz about him. And, of course, we got Buddy Mack. I mean, we flipped him from UNC Charlotte. I've heard a lot of good things about him. So, if anything, or at least Red, I don't say her, but Red. But, you know, it's, it's crazy because a lot of these guys, I remember I talked about them, when Pitt landed them, Especially in the summer, they all had really good offer sheets. I mean, they were SEC, ACC schools. So, I mean, the, the, the recruiting has gradually gone better. If you remember the Paul Christ years, we were landing guys who had offers from, like, I don't know, Maine, William & Mary, and Lord knows what other freaking small college. We had guys with those offer sheets. Now we're getting guys with actual, legit P5 offer sheets. And some, you know, outside of the P5 – you know, if it's Memphis or UCF, those are pretty good offers as well. And obviously, recruiting's never over. So, all in all, you guys, it's not a bad class. And as far as losing out on players and decommits, I mean, recruiting is just a business, and sometimes you just gotta take, you just gotta stomach it and move on. It's just how it goes. It's a pretty decent class, and that's all I'm gonna say about it. Anyways, guys, I'm going to close out here. You guys have a great holiday if I'm not back before Christmas. Otherwise, guys, hell to pit, and I'll see you later.